All right. Hi, everyone. This is Mark Kapsinski uh, from Gudin. I'm here today joined with Leslie Shannon from Nokia, who has arguably the coolest job on the planet, at least I think so. And uh, Leslie and I have been on a number of CES panels together and digital Hollywood panels. And I think even Victor Harwood has suggested that we should have our own radio show together. So I was really excited to invite you to join me here on Coffee with a Purpose and wanted to introduce you to our audience and learn a little bit about the, your purpose and so on. So Leslie, welcome. You want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, Mark, thank you very much. Um, so my my title, which, yeah, I agree, it's a pretty cool job, and it's a pretty cool <laughs> title. Um, I'm Nokia's head of ecosystem and trend scouting, which means that my job is to, I mean, Nokia is a we're player in the telecommunications industry. We manufacture the network equipment that phone companies use to build the networks around you. We sold the mobile phone business to Microsoft. You know, it's a little PS there. We don't do that anymore. <laughs> but so wait, that's the reason you have to use Microsoft Teams. <laughs> We do use a fair number of Microsoft products, yes, but I, I believe it is not related to the handset sale. And anyway, um, I'm just kidding. You back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, their revenge. <laughs> but uh, but but yeah. So my my role is to I'm located in Silicon Valley in California, and my role is to look at new innovations that are coming from outside the world of telecommunications looking for opportunities for both Nokia and for our customers, and our customers being the phone companies of the world, for places to, to make new revenues. And so I'm a, um, I'm, a, I'm a gap seeker, as it as it were. So like, you know, what's the stuff that nobody's paying any attention to, but that looks pretty cool to me that I think people in the telecommunications world should know about. And um, so, so fundamentally, I'm trying to build a picture in my own mind of what how we human beings are going to be relating to computers in, say, 2030, and then what are all the things that flow out of that, and then what are the technologies that are coming up now that are going to get us to that future, what's significant, what's not significant, and then what should we be um, building the networks to support? That's actually the key question for the company. So I get to talk to a lot of people, a lot of companies doing really cool things, and but then I don't have to do any kind of like um, merger <laughs> stuff or any uh, due diligence or any. any I have no responsibility, saying? right? I just, I just have to gathering ideas. Now I do have to think about the ideas in a deep and meaningful and, way, but uh, <laughs> and they pay you for this job. <laughs> yes, yes, it's amazing. Other people might you, pay Nokia. How did you find this job? Like, <laughs> was it on LinkedIn and you just applied for it? And be like, I'm perfect. No. For this. <laughs> No, as a matter of fact, that actually links very nicely to um, the fact that, uh, um, you know, we want to talk about purpose and kind of individual yeah. purpose here. Yeah, well, the, the, um, the first big job that I had um, coming out of graduate school was actually, um, well, it was, it was, it was not for Nokia. It was first for another company. And it was, it was okay. I didn't really love it. Um, but they had this, this career seminar that they ran every year. And the joke was that people take the career seminar and then they tend to leave the company about six months afterwards because they realize they don't want to have a career there. And, and, so, and so, yes, it was an excellent career seminar. But one of the exercises that they did that st stayed with me and has stayed with me since the, in the decades since the, this, this happened, um, they had what they called a values auction. And so, there, you know, there's like 30 people in the room and they gave everybody a fictional thousand dollars. And then they had about 
25, like a big long list of different yeah. values. And they were all written on little slips of paper. And then the, the teacher of the class stood at the top and reached into a hat and pulled out a slip of paper at a time. And so a value might be family, or it might be um, uh, expertise, or it might be um, uh, a claim. Uh, you know, or, or power, uh, yeah. or money. And, and so she pulled these out one at a time. And then the people in the class with their fictional $1,000 would have to yeah. bid on these different things. And, and so having this com competition among the other people really clarified for everybody in the class, especially for me personally, what are the things that you really value? And what are the things that you do not? And it was funny, because one, one guy, he, um, um, then she finally gets, she pulls out money. Yeah. And there's one guy who instantly goes, I bid a thousand dollars. Everybody else had been like, oh, I bid a hundred, you know? And he's like, no, I know what I want. And everybody's like, okay, I just want the money. this is clear. Uh, coin yeah, operated. Clear. <laughs> but the, All right, so um, what did you bid, what did you bid on? Ben? So the things that, the things that yeah. um, I ended up bidding on and ended up, well, what I won, it wasn't really matter, but I came yeah. out of there with yeah. a list of here's five values that are really important to me. They were expertise, they were travel, they yeah. were harmony, because um, that, that workplace yeah, is actually yeah, yeah. fairly disharmonious, and so, yeah, yeah harmony for sure. <laughs> um, and um, independence, hmm. and then um, then there was one more that's kind of fallen by the wayside, but I've replaced it in time, over time with family, because uh, I didn't have a family then, and I do now. So. Yeah. And so and what I realized at also at the time yeah. was when I had this list of these are the important things to me, I realized, oh, this job that I'm in right now, I don't have any in this, in this role. <laughs> so so I actually, OK, I need to find something else. And and I did. And so ever since then, that's been kind of whenever an opportunity comes yeah. up, which is kind of a weird, you know, sometimes they're from weird places. I hope that's my measuring stick. Will I be able to accomplish these things? And and it's you know, uh, it's, most people think that you're, you know, you're after money or whatever. And no, it's, it's for me, if you give me my independence, yeah, yeah. you know, you can pay yeah. me not very much, but if I can do my yeah. own thing, that's fine. And, yeah. and the thing that's is that, um, that Nokia is actually very good at giving people their independence. And so mm -hmm. when I, I got to Silicon, and I, I joined Nokia, I've been with the company for 20 years now, but I came to Silicon Valley five years ago. And I was initially doing another role that was okay, but it didn't actually, it didn't check all the boxes. And so I, but I looked around myself and I, I said, well, wait a second, there is all this innovation that's happening in Silicon Valley. Yeah. The telco world is not paying attention to this stuff. Right. Headquarters needs to know about this. Our product teams need to know about this. Yeah, Our customers yeah. need to know about this yeah. so that they can be designing and developing the networks of the future to serve these new cool technologies that, that I'm right. seeing around me. So I just started doing it. And by doing it, um, Nokia and, and proving that it was worthwhile to be done at the same time as doing the job that they were. That so you're doing your original job plus this job. Yeah, plus I'm just doing this research. Time. And then I would yeah. meet with customers and I would talk nice. to them about the thing I was paid to talk to them about. And then I'd say, yeah. by the way, do you want to hear what I've been seeing? They probably Valley? loved hearing that. Oh, my God. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. yes, absolutely. Yeah. And then but over. It we know me... enough about switches already. Like, precisely. <laughs> precisely. Move on. Move on. What's the cool stuff? Show us the cool right. stuff. Yeah. And then it really only took about 18 months of doing that. For, for Nokia to realize, okay, you know what, this this other thing that you're doing, that is far more of a differentiator for the company. It's it's a unique yeah. unique selling point for us. Yeah. We've discovered that if you're part of the sales process, it helps people yeah. understand not just what networks do, but what networks are for. Right. And and so what it's was actually really that's a big yeah. Difference. 
it's a huge difference. And so me in actually trying to find a job that better fit my purpose, because one of the things that was missing in the job that I had, the role that I had before was expertise. I wasn't an expert at anything, but now I'm the one who does this research, you know, come to me if you want to know about innovation <laughs> in Silicon Valley. I am the expert now. You got yeah. it. And, and that's like, so it scratches my itch. And, uh, and, and it also has given me just a really, uh, a really good role within Nokia um, and within our customers as well. So every salesperson must want to bring you into each one of their accounts. I mean, you're the most popular <laughs> yeah, person at Nokia yes, on, the, yes. on the sales front, right? It's like, <laughs> yes. like, with her, we can close deals. <laughs> Well, at one point it was, uh, I did have uh, somebody who calculated that if I were part of a sales process, we were statistically yeah. significantly more likely to close the deal. Yes. Wow, that's great. Yeah, I know. Congrats. It's really it's like, I'm going to put that statistic and like tattoo it on my forehead because. Like that's all you have to do is uh, uh, like, uh, you know, you were joking earlier about your resume, right? Like uh, drop that into you. That's the only stat or reference you need. Right, exactly. <laughs> I exactly. help close deals. Uh, yeah. <laughs> drop the mic. Yeah. <laughs> I get to drink the coffee. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I'll be having your coffee too. <laughs> too funny. Well, uh, so, so, well, then in the spirit of knowing all about uh, trends, can you share a few of the trends that you think are most relevant for folks these days, especially, um, I think a lot of folks, uh, you know, I mean, obviously you could cover so many different topics, but I think, you know, uh, one maybe area to kind of focus you around would be, we saw such an explosion of e-commerce and brands and businesses having to shift to e-commerce over uh, the COVID period last year. And, you know, obviously some people made it, some people didn't make it. Some people really embraced it. Others, you know, are getting left behind. And, you know, some people are really foraging into, you know, extensions of e-commerce. And so maybe you can kind of share with our audience a few thoughts around kind of what you're seeing around trends that ultimately impact the world of, of e-commerce and transacting over the internet, maybe. Yeah. Um, so in the in the I've really been paying attention to what's been happening in the COVID era because it has actually really sped up quite significantly yeah. a lot of the digitization of things. And you're absolutely right. E-commerce is definitely one of those areas. And um, and so while people, you know, who have been going online and ordering, you know, just I need a paperclip. Oh, I'm going to get that from Amazon now. You know, I mean, it's, it's right. really kind of insane. Um, but and, but that's that's the traditional, you know, kind of e-commerce that we've that we've known yeah, yeah. where where I think the next wave is going to be is I've actually ended up spending a lot of time in COVID um, COVID times in virtual reality. Yeah. Um, and there's all these amazing virtual reality meeting rooms. Um, I go to a lot of meetings. I've done a lot of presentations in alt space. Um, I've been to, you know, kind of also fun kinds of things in VR chat. And, and what's, what's happening is that some of the, and also not just, not just virtual reality, but kind of, yeah. kind of parallel universe reality. So Animal Crossing, for example, yeah. and what, and savvy brands are realizing that these new digital spheres, these new digital places to be, whether it's, you know, kind of two-dimensional on just a handheld yeah. thing on Animal Crossing, or if it's a full three-dimensional thing that you're in, in, in virtual yeah. reality, yeah that there is some significant brand presence to be had in these new digital spheres. And it, it used to be that, that I used to talk about kind of um, the real world and the digital world. And, and I've, I've been realizing, because I've been spending so much time in yeah. the digital world this year, that that's, that's, a, that's a false dichotomy. Yeah. It's really, it's a difference between the physical world 
and the digital world because both of those are real. It's and and the brands great. that are realizing early on and doing things um, like like Hellman's mayonnaise in Canada, um, in, in Animal Crossing, the game Animal yeah. Crossing, there's a thing where yeah. turnips are kind of like the stock market thing and if you but if you don't cash in your turnips they rot and so you've lost your investment <laughs> and and so what hellman's uh canada did was they created an island you know the hellman's island in animal crossing and you could take your rotten turnips to that island and then they would and this this digital thing that you did within a game yeah. they would then um pay for actual food bank meals in the real world in canada huh. Wow. And so, so that's, it's not quite e-commerce, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's this idea of, of digital transactions or digital activities having meaning and impact yeah. back into the real world. I, Just a beautiful I, brand builder. As you were talking, I mean, you and I've talked over the years about AR and VR and things like that so much. And it, it got me really thinking a couple comments that you made that there's such a, there's such a, um, uh, like an influx of the real world penetrating the digital world and like what you're saying, the digital world sort of coming back out. And I was noticing recently that um, people who are designing cool avatars for their themselves in whether it's a game or whatever kind of VR world now want those outfits that they're designing in the digital world manufactured so that I can buy it and wear it. And it's like, how yes. crazy is this? Like now, like I'm designing my own clothes in the VR, AR world or gaming world. And now I want to actually have it produced and be able to wear it. And that is going to be huge. That is going to be huge. And just, yeah. and just digital goods in general. So stuff that yeah. you spend real money on in digital spheres that just stays in digital yeah. spheres. And that's okay. That's what it's for. And so I can get the, the, the really hot sneakers that nobody else has or, you know, the super duper um, uh, glamour outfit that my own uh, uh, physical world body will yeah. never be able to pull off. <laughs> but, you know, my avatar <laughs> looks super hot, you know. <laughs> <laughs> because because one of the one of the actually one yeah. of the really powerful things about the digital representation of yourself is um you can be whoever you want to be and um so i was in i was in a meeting in alt space the other day mm -hmm. and and i'm looking out into the i was i was presenting and i was looking out into yeah. the audience and here's all these people in the audience and and some people had you know white skin and some people had brown skin and a lot of people had blue skin and a lot of people had yeah, orange exactly. skin yeah and it's you can be who you want to be the only thing that wasn't shielded is your voice so it's pretty clear from hearing me yeah. that i'm a you know i'm a white woman of a certain age okay fine um but once we actually get to the point where you can actually have a different voice for yourself then it and and it and i don't mean this as a thing where you can hide your identity right. but yeah. more as you can actually express yourself as you feel yourself to be Right. Not as you were locked into by yeah. your flesh envelope and, you know, these vocal cords. Yeah. And and I think that's actually going to be extremely liberating and it's going to be yeah. massive for us to actually fully appreciate each other as we truly are. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, I had a I broke my foot a couple of years ago and I was in a wheelchair and I just go, oh, it's like, oh, look, when you're in a wheelchair, people don't make eye contact with you. <laughs> just they just don't they do not look at you but you do get past to go you. to the front of the line at disneyland which is fantastic <laughs> i however did not go to disneyland <laughs> but uh, um but but you know 
all kinds of disabilities or disfigurements or any kind of thing that mm -hmm. makes the kind of makes people see maybe only yeah. that when they look at you yeah. it doesn't need to yeah. exist in the in the yeah. um the digital world unless you want it to yeah. and well, i i yeah. think the cool thing with that too is you get to also have different identities at different points or interactions that you want right the notion of role plays role plus identity actually comes into play right it's you don't have to just be the same person every single time it's like well now i want to be different because i think it'll whatever you know interest me or i want to think about things differently right right I'd, I'd like to try out another way to be and and yeah, right. i mean over the course of our lives we 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 develop anyway. I am not the same person yeah. now that I was when yeah, I was 23, right? Yeah. And and that's great. And so, uh, <laughs> but if, yeah, anyway, yeah, the opportunity to try stuff out, um, safe places, no harm, no foul. That's actually, I, I think there's going to be, we're at the tip of the iceberg with this concept here. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think so. So uh, what, maybe give us one other key trend that you're seeing across the board. It doesn't have to be just e-commerce really, but just what other, what other things excite you right now? Maybe or one okay. or two things, right? Yeah. Okay. So, so. Um, What's next? Well, the, the, one of the main things that Nokia is focused on right now yeah. is 5G. We're, we're yeah. all involved in rolling out the 5G networks out there. And, um, and yeah. Um, uh, well, and, and I think I find that there's a huge misunderstanding about what 5G can actually do. It's, it's not just. Can I ask the obligatory question? Leslie? Oh, yeah. I, which Leslie, is? does 5G kill people? <laughs> um, yeah, and that is an obligatory <laughs> question because there's, there's people right now going, 5G, would that kill you? It's, it's, no, no, it doesn't. And the, the, the bottom line is that 5G goes into, um, the, the, in radio, there's different frequencies yeah. and, and the different frequencies are called different spectrum bands. And so mm -hmm. 5G either uses the same spectrum bands that 2G, 3G, or 4G did, in which case it's... Right, right, right. It, it packs the data a little differently, but otherwise it's from a radio point of view, it's the same. But they have also released these, these spectrum um, bands allocations that are very high spectrum. And that's what people are a little concerned about because we haven't had mobile data in these high spectrum yeah. bands before. But the thing is that very high spectrum, uh, very high frequencies, it, it doesn't go through things. It, it can get stopped by a piece of paper or a leaf or wow. your skin. And it's it. it right. So it's not going to be scrambling your kidneys. It's not going to be like rewiring your brain because it's going to be bouncing off the skin on your nose. Is, is, is the bottom line here. And, and, and just just for reference, what's yeah. already in those high spectrum bands is yeah. radar, aircraft radar. And so you know nobody has been like concerned that the right, use of right. radar around airports has led to people suddenly growing a third head, you know, or even a second head. <laughs> and so yeah, so so. It's it's, it's fine. Okay. It's fine. Yes, it's fine. Check the box. Check the box. Okay. But 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 5G, yeah. um, the difference that 5G is going to make is yeah. that um we have these uh I, I call it splitting the chip. And so we've yeah. got these spectacular end devices, these smartphones and these laptops that have these basically supercomputer chips on them that are just yeah, great. Yeah. Um but they're expensive and they take a lot of battery power. And so the kind of the next wave of end devices. Uh, and being things like robots and yeah. and drones and and um, augmented reality glasses that you wear on yeah. your face that actually give you information about the world as you move through it, yeah. 
what all of those require is the minimum amount of processing to go on that end device and then using 5G to connect to the rest of the processing that is sitting actually very close to it in the network. So, and so this splitting the chip with 5G as yeah. the link in between the, the dumber, cheaper, but longer battery life end device, but to ultimately much more powerful processing located in the network, that's going to be the revolution that 5G is going to bring. And it's going to unleash so much amazing technology functionality that we haven't even imagined. Um, yeah, I, it's it's I'm 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 seeing all kinds of crazy stuff that's just going to be really really cool. Yeah, it's um, just listening to you talk. Obviously, it's a it, it's a motivating and uh, exciting. <laughs> I was just even thinking, you know, just like um, you know, all the data that has to get prepared for all this because, like, you know, while you're talking, I was envisioning, you know, having you know my glasses on and uh, walking down the street, you know, and you know, it's like uh, you walk past a, a retail location, and it's like, I, you know, like as I'm walking by, I want to like you know, already know my wish list of things and just automatically check to see if there's inventory available. Like, what, so I know whether I need to go in or not or find it online and just buy it online or what have you, right? Exactly, exactly. And so it's it's this concept of, of, of you know, kind of the, the spatial internet. So, so taking the information that's available on the internet and then overlaying it with the physical 3D world as we move through it. And then when things that are relevant for us and that whatever our device is, you know, knows that this is something you're interested in, kind of flagging it up and you can in, yeah. you can see it visually coming up yeah, into your yeah. visual field and you can um, speak to your glasses or, or um, a menu that you actually interact with that's visually in your visual field. And because your glasses have hand tracking, they can actually see where your hands are. So you can now interact with the menu. And now suddenly we're in the world of the Jarvis kind of interface or minority <laughs> report. And, and, and suddenly we don't need keyboards anymore and we don't need screens. And and, and how we relate to computers is yeah, completely or a mouse, or a mouse. <laughs> right? Get rid of my mouse. <laughs> exactly. Or, or like you know, oh my God, where's 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 a power outlet? Because I've got to charge my device. You know, these kind of much lower power, longer lasting devices, just with the yes, network connection yes. back to something that's doing all the grunty processing. <laughs> that's that's the kind of future that I'm looking at. Very cool. Well, uh, I want to shift over to our lightning round, but before we do that, I want to ask you a quick question on. Uh, so our uh, podcast goes out to over 50,000 uh, subscribers, plus our social media following, uh, which is over 20,000 folks. Um, what can our community help you with, right, in, in the execution of your role, your job, and so on, or the, the people you're interacting with? How can we help you? What do you need? Well, I'm always looking for cool ideas and solutions to problems, either problems that I didn't know existed or, um, or solutions that I, that I didn't know existed. And anything that can in some way tie back to, um, to some kind of network some kind of network connectivity. So, you know, if it's if it's something that happens entirely, you know, on a computer, okay, that's not so interesting. But if it's something that actually is part of a larger ecosystem or value chain that requires some kind of connectivity in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah so, you know, processes or ideas or technologies um, and stuff. Yeah, or technologies. Yeah. It, it's and and the thing is that I don't, you know, because I don't you know, I'm not I'm like, I'm not a partner person. I'm not doing any work. I'm just yeah. taking the ideas and then combining <laughs> them with other and then sharing the ideas. Yeah. What, what I do. You're is like I'm a point of, of filtration of all the uh, things to I'm see how they connect together. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And if it awesome. fits in with the other stuff that I'm seeing, then I will talk about it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> well, we'll get folks to submit things for you. So <laughs> that'll you. be that'll Thanks, be great. <laughs> okay, so uh, shifting to a quick lightning round uh, here. So, what was your first job when you were younger? Um, okay, so I went to I went to graduate school, and I actually have a a, gra a master's degree in the history of art. And um, and then when I got out of graduate school, I didn't really know what to do. And um, but there was an audition for uh, for Jeopardy, and so I went to the audition for Jeopardy, and I ended up being a five time undefeated winner back when they retired what? you after five games. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and so that was the first serious. Now, how did I you earned. accumulate all that? This is just now. Curiosity. <laughs> like, how did you accumulate all that knowledge in that short period of time to be able to win Jeopardy? Um, because because uh, Trivial Pursuit came out while I was in high school, mm. and I played Trivial Pursuit with my parents almost every night after dinner. And there I got go. to where I had pretty much memorized. And we also watched Jeopardy Everything. at home. Yeah. yeah. And I also <laughs> I had just got to where I just memorized the entire <laughs> all the cards just from having played the game. I've got a good nice. memory, and so uh, and I've got I've got fast reflexes. So those two things together, they just created a game show that was like right in my wheelhouse. So Perfect. You know, thank yeah, you. Nice. All right. Well, congrats. That's great. All right. Uh, next, next kind of, you know, I, I kind of have a random set of questions here. So the next one is, what's your favorite restaurant in any city in the world? Since you tra I know travel is one of your passions. Oh, so yeah. Travel is absolutely one of my passions. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> well, one of the... Um, isn't more of a style of restaurant in Taiwan they have these um, these shabu shabu restaurants um, shabu shabu is a Japanese yeah. thing where you have a pot of pot broth of water and the, and, yeah. yeah boiling water or broth and then you yeah, have a bunch yeah. of things and you dunk them in and you yeah, create yeah, a soup yeah. and it's yeah. yeah and so in Taiwan these have, they have these kind of self-serve shabu shabu restaurants oh. and so you go through and you just pick out all the ingredients and then you get and it's just so, so warm and so oh. delicious, and 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 you're... and if you're with friends, it's just a great social experience. Yeah. So so shabu shabu restaurants in Taipei. Nice. That's <laughs> you're you're making me think. I, I used to travel a lot to South Korea, and anytime I would land there, I'd go to. Uh, I used to stay at the Coex, uh, one of the hotels by the Coex Mall, and I'd go to the food court, and I'd always get this bowl of uh, like spicy red soup with rice noodles and stuff. It was called topoki with with seafood, and it was just like oh, it was like this cheap like five dollars, but it was like the best <laughs> best bowl of like spicy soup. And it's, so. Oh, actually, actually, you're talking about a single dish, um, barbecue king's Peking duck in Sydney, in China. Yeah, right. Sydney. Oh, That's, oh that my down. god, That's yes. It. Every okay. time I go to Sydney, barbecue king. Yes, <laughs> barbecue king. I'm gonna write that one down. That's on our my wife and I are bucket list is to go to Australia. So oh, yeah, totally down. worth okay. it. And barbecue king and the <laughs> Peking duck, yes. <laughs> Got it. Uh, I'm making a note. <laughs> All right. Next question. Since, again, you travel for both work and pleasure, uh, what conference do you miss attending the most given COVID? restrictions <laughs> i don't miss attending any conference <laughs> none whatsoever not none. at all <laughs> but um what i do miss is a more generic answer yeah i miss going to conferences in cities that i haven't been to yet <laughs> oh, for there me, you go <laughs> for, for me conferences are bridges you to, miss to, the travel Got i it. miss the travel yes that's another way to Fair put enough. that yes yes i do Fair enough. got it Okay. Um, and then since you're a technologist and a futurist and looking out at trends, you must know uh, some of the more popular digital services that people are talking about these days. So uh, do you use uh, Lunch Club? 
you know what? I actually was just invited to Lunch Club for the first time yesterday, and so oh, wow. I okay. have. Right, so I'm so right. I have not yet signed Highly up, but I'm just, I'm just about to. Yeah, yeah. The person great. who was telling me about it, he's like, "This is my favorite part of the week." <laughs> like it used to be the favorite part of of my day when I had it, but yeah, now yeah, I yeah, realize yeah, it's yeah, my yeah. favorite now part of the whole week. <laughs> you got it. Okay, cool. <laughs> so right. I'm signing up. <laughs> well, you have to report back how you like it. Okay. All right. So then, do you do you find things on Product Hunt, like or do you use Product? No, Hunt? I do not. And actually. This is the first time I've heard of Product Hunt, so I'm, I'm okay. like kind of like scoring as a pretty mediocre. Trend great now. news, <laughs> great service that curates uh, new technologies and products, and it doesn't have to just be digital services, but could be physical solutions and stuff. So it's pretty <gasps> cool. You should check it out. Product wow, yeah, Mark, this is fantastic. Look, look, I asked, I asked for new ideas, and like here you there are you delivering go. immediately. All this right. is fantastic. Oh my gosh, right. very good. So then, do you, use, you. Uh, do you use Clubhouse yet? Yes, yes, I do. Okay, what do you use it for? Um, uh, well, there is a particular group. Well, there's a particular group that I joined it with, okay. and 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 I know the people in the group. So when I see those people okay, in that it. group are online, then it's Makes good. Sense. But I have to say, the notifications are out of control. They yes. are they're going to lose all their day. business unless all they day. can get a handle on the notifications. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Actually, Lunch Club manages that really well. I've been on Lunch Club for almost a year now since COVID hit, and stuff. And like you know, they send you like two emails a week, and that's it. You know, like, oh, see now, it. yeah, like, you you have to at any point, any kind of product or service yeah. you have, you have got to understand that you are not the most important thing in your customers' lives. That's and so right. when I get when I get emails from from companies saying we've redone our web page, I'm like, I do not care. <laughs> Don't clutter up my inbox with this That's stuff, right. or I'm going right. to get myself right off your list. Get out of my inbox. Don't waste my time. So right. yeah, so. Don't waste your customer's time as a mantra is a, a really good point. one. <laughs> That's a great point. Okay, so uh, uh, last wrapping up here, what's the hardest lesson you had to learn in business? That you can't do everything yourself. Um, I'm a I'm a do everything yourself kind of person, and. And and if you're if you're truly going to be effective, you have to work with others. You have to find partnerships. You have to find the people who can complement and do the things that you can't do or don't want to do or don't have the time to do or don't have the scope yeah. to do. Yeah, you have to work with others. And if you're proactive about it, um, then that means you can find the people that you want to work with. If yeah. you are lazy about it, then you'll end up with partners that maybe you wouldn't have selected that maybe other people select for you. Or if yeah. you're really lax about it, then you will not achieve what you could have achieved because you simply didn't reach out. Got it. Great point. All right. So then the counter to that is uh, what's the uh, most important business accomplishment that you've had yourself? Um. Well, I guess, job. yeah, I know, I know, actually, this job is actually a pretty good one. Um, um, yeah, so, but uh, before that, um, uh, when I first joined Nokia back in 2020, I was, I was actually in Australia, I had, I had gone yeah. to Australia for a while, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, um, uh, and, and I was, um, I was our developer manager, and this was back in the days of WAP, right, so, so mobile mm -hmm. data was just text on a screen, right, and, right, and, right, right. And we were all trying to figure out what the heck is mobile data for? What can you do? And so, um, and I was, I was our, and there were, we, in Australia, we had a pretty good stable of developers and I was, I was hired as the developer manager and, the, and we had a, a lab, an experimental lab. And then yeah. the, um, 
the guy who was managing the lab, he was fired suddenly because he told our main customer to F off, like not using the word oh, there you go. F. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay, you, we have another letter F for you and that's your fired. And then they're like, well, who are we going to get to run the lab? Like, Leslie, you're standing there. You talk to the developers, you come over and run the lab. And so I didn't have any technical background, you know, wow. history of art right yeah. here. Yeah. Um, and I was able to take that lab. We actually ended up winning um, within two years. We had won an award as one of the 10 most exciting telecommunications wow. projects in Asia. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. And yeah. And one of the lessons that I learned from that is that sometimes if you want technical success, particularly if it's in a new area, if you're trying to figure out what a new technology can do, don't just hire technical people, get creative yep. people in there too. Because having a creative person like myself at yep. the head and then yes. working with the technical people, I could. Yeah. I could kind of see bigger picture and I could imagine, yeah. well, why don't we build this? Let's do this. Let's make this up. And, and that, and because we were willing to try anything and then yeah, I, because yeah. I was the boss, I would just tell yeah. the technical people do this. Yeah, and it was yeah. great. And yeah, we ended up doing all kinds of really innovative stuff very early I, in the mobile world. I think that's a great point about bringing creative folks in because I think, I think people that are more creative tend to not have a bunch of like self-filtering, like, oh, we can't do that because of this and this and this. Like they come at it with like, hey, let's just see the the infinite possibilities and then like we'll figure out what we can and can't do based off of that. But you have to exactly. go in more open-minded, I guess. You know, um, the University of Maryland has, mm -hmm. um, they have just created an undergraduate degree that is half in the computer sciences department and half in the creative That's arts great. department. Right, That's and so great. it's an immersive media undergraduate degree yeah. where you, if you're a tech and, and the whole point is they understand that not that many people are both technical and creative right so the right, idea sure. is you'd be a creative person or you'd be a computer person but you would work on projects with the people on the other side and so learning how to collaborate with those other people with those other skills and that's learning huge. how the language that they use and what's important yes. and stuff get all that out of the way in you know in undergraduate in college right, and right. then you're going to be formidable <laughs> in the business world yeah, yeah so yeah. Uh, yeah so university of maryland um, like the immersive media design it's imd anyway <laughs> anyway you know sounds about more, right more more <laughs> i know yeah, we need much much more of that in this world yeah yeah very cool <laughs> all right final question um if you could meet one person that you don't already know who would that be can they be dead uh, you know what? Everyone always asks me that. <laughs> yes. I mean, you're dead. It's your choice. It's, I know. You're rolling the dice here. You can pick and choose. <laughs> it's, it, sound, it sounds like, you know, you're about to ask. You know, you're the, one person through all of history, and that's where my brain you know, goes before you finish the was, And when I thought the question up, or, you know, I was like, you know, like, most people would answer, like, who they want to, like, get networked to, or, like, you know, like, <laughs> and, and so on. And it's funny how, like, literally, I think every person I've asked this question, question to go always starts with like can I can I give you someone who's dead right it's like <laughs> yeah I guess okay sure you know like, right. so yeah so um, take it away <laughs> yeah um uh Napoleon I would actually nice. I mean this okay you know he ended up being a dictator yeah. he took France into a lot of wars but but how does somebody from Corsica end up becoming the emperor of France and then decide that he should take over the rest of it. I mean, and he was actually quite brilliant militarily. So uh, what kind of a thought process is going on yeah. in there? Yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of, it's, it's more curiosity than yeah. than anything. Yeah, um, he wasn't actually ultimately so good for France, but it was, <laughs> or the rest of Europe for that matter. But still, but still, what, what drives somebody who thinks that they could and should basically be the ruler of the world? You know, Alexander the Great would be another one in that category.
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's fascinating. I, I think there are a lot of these folks that like, wouldn't you have loved to met some, meet them sort of before they even rose to, you know, uh, power or success, you know, just to see right. like, what they were like, what did they, how were they thinking or like, or almost even like, what was that one point that sort of, I don't know, flipped or made it for them to accelerate. Like, right, right. And, and, and also, what was it that got other people to follow them? Right, and so right. was it was it that it was like just this, this, the, like massive charisma? Or was it that they had a good idea that they were able to communicate well? Yeah, or was yeah. it that just that they scared the heck out of everybody around him? I was like, yes, sir. You know, I, I, what, yeah. what were the, for these really, you know. What were the attributes? Yeah. What were the attributes? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's a great one. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, Leslie, uh, you know, you and I could talk forever. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to have you uh, back on. But, uh, you know, I, I want to be conscious of your time. Thank you so much for joining us today. And for everyone out there, thanks for tuning in. And we'll be in touch with uh, more interviews to come. So thank you and have a great day. All right.